doing, Zach Cassidy? Adam Henry. Jeff Jarrett. Joe Siddle. TJ Laramie. And- Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Win City Sports. Yo, what's good? My name is Jason Moore. Thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Win City Sports Podcast. Win City Sports is Winter's only local sports radio show and podcast. The radio show airs every Thursday live at 12.30 p.m. on CJ 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. The podcast drops every Thursday morning wherever podcasts are found, including iTunes, Spotify, and more. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram account. We'll talk all about that stuff at the end of the show, as we normally do. But today is Thursday, March 28th, 2019, and it's episode 138 of Wind City Sports. Just me hosting this week. Last week we had Cedric Ben, a local boxing coach, and a past guest of the show uh, co-host with me. We were just shooting the shit about some local boxing and MMA that had gone down recently and uh, just kind of broke down some local events that were coming up, including Impact Wrestling, which went down at, at Sinclair College on Friday and Saturday. We had a bunch of stuff go on last weekend. I was in Royal Oak for the Russian Five screening. Uh, we had Joshua Real and Jenny, Jenny Fedorovich. Uh, on the show last week, the filmmakers of the documentary talking about that coming to life. And we also had, and I wasn't able to attend this one, but we had the Montreal Canadiens alumni game at the Atlas Tube Center. And there's probably even more that I'm missing right now. Uh, but let's get into this week's episode. This interview segment of Wind City Sports features a former Windsor Spitfire and now turned personal trainer. He's the owner of JS Fitness in Windsor. It's Jonathan Shaka. Jonathan played for the Spits back in... 2004-2005 era before being traded and from there he played in Oshawa and in Kingston he played with Jonathan Tavares yeah Jonathan Tavares almost uh, lost my train of thought there Jonathan Tavares obviously a uh, renowned hockey player one of the best in the world got to play with him among other people including Brett Connolly we talk about that obviously we talk about his entire OHL career he was on the ice for the Akima Lou and Steve Downey incident at the barn um, and now he's, you know, a personal trainer in Windsor doing great things, loving his life, loving his job, and you'll hear all about it from Jonathan. And we're going to get into that interview in just a few moments. Normally right now would be the time that we talk about our Windsor Lancers Athletes of the Week via GoalAnswers.ca. But since obviously all the sports have been winding down for the year, right now we have baseball ongoing. It's not technically a varsity sport, but we will have some news on them later on. And we have track and field going on. So basically, with exams coming up, there also aren't any student <laughs> volunteers to uh, be running the the site and stuff like that. So I'm assuming that we are done with Athletes of the Week until September. But right now, I'm going to have to tell you about my friends over at SeatGiant.ca. SeatGiant is a marketplace that connects buyers and sellers all around North America. If you live in a big city or a small town, Seat Giant has an inventory to any big concert, theater show, sporting event, family event, and lots more, whatever it may be. And the best part is, for us in Windsor at least, that Seat Giant is all Canadian dollars. And it's a lot of local events too. So there's no exchange rate with the U.S. You know, when you're loading up tickets for like a Wings game, you're going to buy them, they're 50 bucks, and then boom, 70 bucks comes out of your account because of the exchange. None of that. None of that shit at all. They have tickets for Wings games, Pistons games, and every concert and event across the border, but even have tickets for local events. Like I said, they have Windsor Express tickets up there right now. Uh, Obviously, the Spits are in the playoffs, but usually have Windsor Spitfire games up there. And they even have tickets for Anderson Cooper, who's at the casino. And even better yet, just going to top it off, icing on the cake, use code WINCITY to get up to 5% off your order. 
That's code WINCITY for 5% off ticket purchases from SeatGiant.ca. But now, without further ado, we're going to go right into that interview with Jonathan Shaka, former Windsor Spitfire and now Windsor's personal trainer. Here we go. Okay, so I'm here at JS Fitness, the former Windsor Spitfire and Lancers hockey player, now a certified personal trainer, nutrition advisor, public speaker, list goes on and on. I was reading your profile. Jonathan Shaka, welcome to Wind City Sports. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, again, uh, as I mentioned, you played for the Spits, you played for the Lancers, you're a local guy born here in Windsor, uh, and you got to play for your hometown team, your hometown junior team. How did that come to be? Were you drafted? Were you uh, trial yeah, so basis? Yeah, um, so I started my junior career um, as an underager for the Chatham Maroons, and uh, I, I think I was about 14 years old when I when I got kind of looked at, and uh, I, was a, I was a defenseman, um, drafted as a D-man of the OHL, I was a smaller guy back then. Um, but yeah, so I played an underage year for the Maroons and uh, touted to be a top first or second rounder. Um, and I ended up going, I think it was about the third pick in the second round that I was drafted uh, to the Spitz. And it was, it, you know, we were in talks with uh, Mike Kelly at the time, was the general manager. And my agent and I were in talks with Mike Kelly and a few other teams that were kind of within that same timing of the, the end of the first round, beginning of the second um, so I kind of had an idea that I could possibly be a hometown draft pick. Um, and then sure enough, uh, I remember getting the call that morning. Uh, we were about two picks away, and, and it was Mike Kelly saying that we just selected you wow. second rounder. So it was quite quite, uh, quite a happy day yeah, for, for, sure. for the family and everybody. And, uh, again, it feels like years ago, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great. It pretty much came down to luck of the draw. You know? Yeah, I, I, it was it funny is. because my agent uh, basically said if, if Windsor didn't take me, Plymouth was right behind that was ready to grab me. So it's funny, would have been in the same conference, same division. And uh, But, yeah, I was, I was happy to start out the OHL career with the Spets. Yeah, for, for sure. You sure. would have been in the States, too. Yeah, like, yeah, it would have been, been a little different. Home. would it's, have been a little different. Yeah, it's tough being a kid and moving away, so I'm going yeah. to another... Absolutely. Country, right? I think, yeah, when, when my first thought was, uh, excellent, perfect, I get to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's every kid's kind of goal, too, is to stay with their local hometown hockey team for his, you know, for yeah. to, to have a career. So it was it was great. Yeah. I was happy about it. To assume, like, you played hockey, obviously, as a kid growing yeah. up, or else you wouldn't have even made it to the Maroons. Absolutely. So growing up here and watching games, of course, you want to play for the Spits. Yeah, it was it was definitely a, a dream and a goal, for sure. Yeah. What was it like playing at the barn? Oh, man, that was quite <laughs> the experience. Uh, when you played well, the fans were great for you, but when, uh, <laughs> when you didn't play well, it was kind of a rough uh, rough game, but uh, I mean, the atmosphere was uh, was uncanny. It, it was amazing. Um, I didn't even get a chance to play in the new arena, no. uh, the WFCU, yeah. but playing in the barn was quite uh, quite the experience. Yeah, for sure. I still hear stories about it now. Oh like people now talking about when I like hockey yeah. players when they were in junior and like the crowds and the. Oh, you can uh, hear everything. Yeah. You could, I, I, and, and I specifically remember if you know you make a bad play and you're skating back to the bench, and you definitely can hear everybody chirp you. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Yeah, it makes more sense now looking back because, like, as the WFCU came in, it's like it was still there, but there wasn't yeah. a lot of like reaction from the players, you know. So, yeah. like you said, like just maybe the way it was, you can hear everything. Oh my god, you can hear a pin drop in yeah. that place. I just remember during O Canada, there always be people yelling, "Go Spitz, go!" At yeah, the end. like now you don't, you, you don't you hear, can't that. hear them anymore. Different atmosphere for yeah. sure. For so sure. obviously, uh, you're at 
uh, with the Spitz during a very crucial and, and pivotal time for yep. them. Uh, more so once you left, we'll get into that too. But mm. um, couldn't help but notice you were playing with Steve Downey and Akeem Alou, as yep. we had mentioned before. Were you on the ice during that, that practice? Yeah, or? believe it or not, I was. I uh, It was funny because um, I didn't get to play special teams very often, and it was a, a special teams power play that morning, um, or that afternoon, I should say. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were kind of just out there doing our thing and uh, got a little chippy on the ice, and before you know it, they were kind of in a little scuffle. And uh, from what I remember, it was, you know, got the stick up a little high on one guy and then, uh, you know, a little out of control. Yeah, but, sure. uh, Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't, was there a, for you, was it seemed like there was a lot of steam building up to it? Or was uh, it like, oh, what's, what's going on? You know what? I, I think those two players, um, they were great players, yeah. great junior players. Um uh, Downey was in, I think, his third year at the time, and Akeem was coming in, um, first rounder, highly touted player. Yes. Um, and, and you know, there's always that kind of sense of who's going to take the lead on the club. Is it going to be a rookie or is it going to be a vet? And uh, Steve was, uh, he was a unique player in the sense of it was kind of his way. And uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of abided by the rules. And I mean, even being a rookie for myself, I. Uh, I can remember you walk into the room and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of hang back. And Akeem was the type of player that if he wanted to do something, he did it and he didn't care. Um, so I think that's where it kind of got, uh, you know, a little uh, offset. Sure. But, well, but, I yeah. mean, Danny was a captain too, right? So as you mentioned. Uh, yeah, so he like was. He was at the time. Yeah. He was the leader. And yeah. It, 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 I think, you know what, for all of us players at the time, it was pretty unexpected. With Never expected. You of know, course, yeah, yeah. What happened? Yeah. I mean, the scrum happened, and then even after the scrum, we started practice, and, and Akeem came back on the ice and wanted more of a piece oh, yeah? of Downey, and it was kind of, that's how it kind of all started. I think the media was there that day, and it kind of made of course, it a yeah. lot worse than yeah. what it was. Um, and yeah, I mean, unfortunately, at the time, I think Mo Mantha was our coach. Yeah, he, he was, was kind of that's, that's put in the hot seat, yeah, too. I so. remember, I once in a while I'll go back and read because I almost had it yeah. come on so I wanted to obviously oh yeah I, yeah I know that's it's funny this close but since uh, I don't know if you've seen the Daniel Carcillo stuff yeah I've out. been following a little bit yeah. yeah with the hazing and all that kind of stuff I mean it's unfortunate um, I, I never experienced that myself um, I played with a class group of guys on almost every OHL team that I played in in junior team um, you know and as I said as a, as a rookie you kind of just come in and you you expect a little bit of stuff to happen but yeah. you don't expect some of the stuff that we're reading about now exactly. to happen. To a yeah. point where, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's above playing the game, right? Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, we, totally. we as players, you know, you shouldn't even have to think about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that it took place. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Uh, absolutely. Uh, like you said, it, it is part, not that it's part of the game, but you know, you expect, yeah, there's an bit. understanding, yeah. right? I mean, there's an understanding of, of, I don't even want to call it hazing because it's not hazing. It's just yeah. kind of what your role is as yep. a player. Yeah, I, sure. I see what you're saying for sure. Yeah, um, and they did. A, I don't know if you've seen Sportnet did a big read on him on yeah. Alu just a couple weeks ago and really detailed it. It was really, uh, uh, really well done actually. Mm. And to touch upon what you said before, he came in as a highly touted defenseman, and Hell although he, yeah, yeah. Uh, he hasn't gone on to play like high in the NHL, but he's still going. He's still playing. Yeah, and, I heard you know, that. Yeah, thing, I heard he's so. still playing. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to touch upon that, and aside from any. Like you kind of look at that as like a negative kind of moment in the in the. It was definitely right? yeah well, for sure. I mean, you're in the spotlight as a, as an organization, and I think at that point, um, you know, unfortunately, I'd never even got a chance to really play for Momanta. Um, 
it was it was early in the season, um, and it was you know the whole season was kind of shooken up after that. Yes, and exactly. It was just a little, yeah, a definitely. Of, the whole management changed. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think at that time, I think Billy Bowler came in and and DJ Smith. They were assistant coaches, and they ended up taking over yeah. as assistants. Well, Smith was owner, or no, no, Riolo was uh, owner. Steve at the time. was yeah. the owner at the time. Yeah. yeah. So that's actually who uh, Frank works for. Uh, yes, is, uh, he does. More. That's yeah. how I know. Yeah, I yeah. Used to work oh, with that's that. funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so obviously that's just a, it was mainstream stuff, and it sparked a change in the yeah. in the team itself, which very good. Obviously, mm. they went mm-hmm. on and won all those Memorial Cups and stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Something sometimes the bad memories uh, absolutely spark that. But there's obviously a lot of positive stuff too. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to show you right now um, because you had played obviously with Mickey Reno yes at the time. So I always like it to did. bring him up and see if you have any uh, stories or anything you want to say about Mick, but. First and foremost, as we were talking before, Joey Garland just tweeted this the other day. Um, just as uh, Family Day passed, it was yep. the, the yeah, passing they had the big. Yeah. Exa- I saw that. Yeah, yep. so he put this Can't out on Twitter it. here. It was uh, someone gave it to him the first year that um, he was trainer. Yeah, there's a picture of Mickey and right below picture of me, Jonathan yeah. Shaka. <laughs> so, it is. Oh my god! I was that like, since he was on today, right? We're going through, and I was yeah. like, oh, there he is, perfect. So that was. I, uh, that. I can't believe it's been 11 years. So it's, it's pretty crazy, even for me playing in the L. But, um, yeah, it, uh, Mickey was, um, I mean, as, as everybody knows, he was your captain's captain. He was a team player. He would do anything for any of the guys. Um, you know, you just can never replace a guy like that, right? And I don't think it, nobody can ever take his role. I mean, he t- probably totally would have would probably have played in the NHL. Oh, yeah. um, he was a hell of a player. That's it. And just a class act guy. Um, and 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 well missed. Absolutely. Yeah. That's for sure. The consensus on yeah. you know it's oh, like it's it's not like any like a lot of guys like I try and get like some stories out of it. It's like yeah. nothing comes to mind because they they just want to yeah. praise he's, him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you make make a lot of lasting friendships during your time with the Spitz or Yeah, you know what? Um you still talk to some guys today. Um Scott Todd Oh, yeah? being, being one of them totter he uh you know he was pretty close with me and and uh he's still a local boy but yeah you know well, you keep touch with these guys i mean through facebook through instagram you, you chat back and forth um every now and then just to to to, to see how everybody's doing see what they're doing mm-hmm. uh but yeah you do develop relationships and friendships with people that last a lifetime which is awesome yeah, absolutely i mean i'm yeah. like that with, with house league hockey yeah so exactly like, you know it's cool to be watching it's these the environment kids. right yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. you just you just you're with them for so long um, you know, you think of playing in the O, you're literally seeing these guys seven days a week. And some of the guys are living together, right? Yeah, well, so, like I said, because they're coming from out of town. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're billeting and you're living with players. So yeah. you, you have no choice but to become best friends, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to kind of keep this more like a Windsor realm, yep. but uh, I do want to touch upon your time uh, in Ottawa yeah. and Kitchener because that's Kingston, when you moved yeah, to. So or, Kingston, sorry, Kingston, actually. Yeah, so I was, uh, believe it or not, back on the Memorial Cup kind of binge for the Spits, I was the first player traded. Um, for Harry Young, I was oh, Harry was Young's. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it was a three-way deal, and I ended up in Kingston. Um, so I kind of started their rebuilding phase, I guess we'll call it. Uh, yeah, Kingston was amazing. I uh, I had an amazing time in Kingston, and again, I mean, being that young, you you don't know what to expect moving away. I'm starting in my hometown, and then actually leaving um, was a downer for a little while. Like it yeah. absolutely crushed me for a bit, but you get over it because you, for the love of the game, right? Yeah, you're absolutely. playing there, you're there for a reason. And uh, Kingston was fantastic. I have nothing but amazing things to say about my time in Kingston. Um, And then traded to, obviously, Oshawa. I only spent half a season in Oshawa. It was my last year. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I got a chance to play with John Tavares, which was kind of cool. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was quite amazing to play with some of the players I played with on that. I think on that team there was Michael Delzato, yep, Brett McLean, um, and a few other guys that, that became pro players, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I yeah. I did all my research. So yeah, that's what yeah, I, those like, guys were to touch upon what you were saying before, though. Like that began your trade began sort of the it was uh, like the, the phase of their rebuilding. If phase, you yeah. look at that following year it's like yep. there's all the guys oh, that it's people remember you yeah. it's like you I think, just missed it by exactly much, you know? so I think I was the first guy out and, and they, they didn't really make another deal I think until uh, Mike Weber I think Mike Weber was one of the next guys out and they got a big oh, so trade for him Mike, no I did I played yeah. with Mike for a year but it was he was still there so I was dealt that year that the new ownership took over I was traded in October so I was literally the first guy out it was yeah. like October 5th weekend Thanksgiving weekend I remember I only played about five games and uh, then I was traded. And then I think midway through the season, that's when they kind of started to ship people yeah. out. And then it was the year after when they really started making their changes. Okay, gotcha. Sure. But that's what I wanted to bring up because you played yeah. with, with uh, John Yeah, Tavares with Johnny. Absolutely Chris great guy. And, 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 oh, yeah, and Chris Stewart. That's right. My God. Yeah, Forgot about cool. Chris. He's still playing in the NHL, yeah. too. That's the thing I like to go back and see yeah. like, what these people have crossed yeah. paths with. Yeah, pro stars, players. You know? With guys like, that yeah. are, are making it big. And guys who I played against, too. Patrick Kane, uh, you yeah. play against all these guys. It's, it's it's amazing to see them all in the NHL. Did you play with? Uh, oh no! So Corey Emerton too would have been a, a guy that I played with in Kingston that was drafted to the Wings. He had a cup of coffee with the Wings. I think he played a few games, but never really cracked it. I think fully. So but was he just like crazy? Hell of a player. Injury, yeah, like, like you just you, you see some of these skill levels on these players, and you're like, wow, how are you not in the exactly. NHL? But, uh, yeah, it's a small niche that can actually make it, for right? Sure. That's why I like to reminisce on that. For yeah. sure, for sure. Um, but then you ended up going to the Lancers. So how did that kind of come to be? Did you yeah. want to roll in school? Or so what it was is I, I think as, a, as an OHL player, you, you kind of hit a wall in the sense of are you going to try and make it pro? If you're not drafted as, a, as an OHL player, there's multiple options. You can go to Europe. You can sign a contract. You know, you can try and make it see if you can play out there and make a career out of it or do you weigh the options of going to school and using your education package Um, because if you do not if you sign a pro contract anywhere Europe North America then your OHL education package becomes void you do not get to use it at all so it's a tough decision and I think uh, I remember that summer I was uh, the summer that I finished off in the O I was uh, you know I was about 50-50 on trying to go play in Europe I had a couple contracts lined up or taking my full education package which was fully paid for and you know exactly (laughs) yeah and you know I think when it really came down to it, my thought process was go to school, try to be a good, you know, OUA player, see if I can maybe go to Europe after. Um, but it, uh, for me, it was kind of the sense of when I played university hockey, uh, schooling was actually number one. Like, schooling came first. I, I wanted to make sure that I did well. I, I got my degree, and, um, you know, hockey was kind of the second thing because I, I played four years for the Lancers, and I could have played a fifth. Yeah. But I, uh, I decided to just focus my last year on, on school. So in my mind, I was, I was kind of done. I, was, I was, didn't want to give it a shot. I, I knew I had the skill to do it, but I, uh, I really just wanted to kind of move on. That's interesting. So you've probably kind of yeah. found your passion in school. <clears throat> yeah. And you know what? I mean, my passion all along has always been fitness, right? Mm-hmm. I've always loved, even, even when I played in the OHL, um, 
you know, the season ended and I could not wait to get into the gym where most players couldn't wait yeah. to get back on the ice. And, and I still love playing. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I think for me, it's like I wanted to better myself in the physical realm, right? Um, and I wanted to try different things in, in, in the gym. Um, so that's where I kind of became passionate with that. Very cool. Very interesting. Did you have like goals to go, or not goals, but did, was it in your mindset to go pro or was it just like, I'm in the O, I'm just going to ride it out, I'm privileged to no, be No, I, I actually, I mean, I think you get, especially being a top pick, um, uh, like I said, being an early second round pick, um, my goal is to play in the NHL. Yeah. And, and at the time, it's, you know nothing else, right, as a player. That's the only thing. You played hockey since you're three years old, four years old, and you only know the sport of hockey. Um, and, and you know, I can I can honestly say what the game has given me today. It, it's given me my hard work ethic. Absolutely. It's given me you know all the doors that have kind of opened up for me. Um, it, it's done a lot. So I mean, I will always love the game for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a a daunting thing when you're when you're young and you only know, but yet you don't make a career out of it. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's probably even bigger, though, when you were able to find this and with all your knowledge from being an Absolutely. athlete and stuff, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. It's probably it, even uh, better. It made, an, it made an easy transition for me. Yeah, That's absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was going to go to next was yep. finding your passion and stuff yep. like that because obviously look at what you're doing now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, built yourself a whole new life. So... Like, how did you get started in the fitness industry? Did you start, like, volunteering so, and stuff? Believe or? it or not, we'll touch base on Joey Garland. Um, so Joey and I, uh, when I was in university, um, I, I became, I guess we'll, we'll backtrack a little. I, I became a trainer at Good Life at 18 years old. So we're talking about 12, 13 years ago now. Um, and it was kind of more of like a summer gig. I wanted to just make a little bit of dough, be in the gym, lift some weights, put some weights away, train a few people. Um, and then I ended up starting training hockey teams. Like I started training just because of my name, yeah, playing in the OHL. Yeah. Yep. I was able to uh, crack down a few minor league teams and, and, and train them over the summer, develop a strength program and train them. Um, and then I think the following year when I was in my first year at the university, I approached Joey Garland. And uh, it was their first year, I believe, that they went into the WFCU. And he mentioned to me that they had a nice little gym facility. Um, and we kind of sat down and we're like, why don't we put together a little business? And we, uh, we became 50-50 partners and we opened up a little, uh, you know, just, just solely hockey training specific out of, the, uh, out of the basement of the WFCU. And we did that for almost three years. And uh, that's what I kind of became passionate. So we trained yeah, the Spitfires yeah. together, um, and then we obviously we trained some some Triple A teams. Which yeah, I mean the surrounding area, awesome. there's tons, yeah, right? which so. we did really well with. We were really busy in the summer, um, and that's where I kind of find found the the full passion. And I kind of was like, you know what, I kind of want to do this like as a career. Yeah. Like I, I want to try when I'm done school. I want to see if I can make a career out of this, and uh, that's where it kind of led me to this. Were you in for hemokinetics or something? Believe it or not, no. I, I, I got my uh, my major and honors in psychology. Okay. Um, okay. It, it was. It, I took a few psychology courses courses my first uh, semester at the U, and I kind of was intrigued by them. And uh, they had some health psychology and stuff that I kind of did as well. Um, so that interests me. But I did not take HK. So I got all my certifications um, through Canfit, okay, through yeah. Good Life. Um, and then now I have, as you can see on the wall there, I have four different certificates that over the last eight years I've accumulated. Um, awesome. And yeah, just trying to do new things and, and, and passionate about moving. That's right? really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Like I said, like I have the sport management background too. My yep. friends are personal trainers and uh, 
looking at you on paper, I would think he's a hockey player and decided he wanted to be a personal trainer and then went to school for it. Absolutely. Right? So, like, yeah. the, it's a little bit, yeah. Uh, but, like, that's just interesting. It's cool yeah, to it's, hear uh, how it comes to be. You know, I think the biggest thing for me, and, and I got to know the human body based on what I can do on the floor with somebody. Um, how to put them through movements, how to functionally work with them. Um, it, it's something that you can't really teach in school. So I think the most beautiful thing about, you know, obviously having my degree and, and, and was taking it being a psychology basis and understanding how to work with people mentally exactly. too, yeah. right? I think that... Uh, it's a huge part. Oh, it transitions deeply into physical, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. That's what my... Actually, a while, a while ago, my friend was telling me that they offer him stuff at Good Life and the next thing he was going for was like these cert- or, um, psychology levels yeah. to well, understand I, how to work exactly. with different people. You know, everyone's different, right? So. I deal with, um, in an average day, anywhere from 60 to 70 different personalities. Right. So how can you structure workouts based on what their personalities are, but also what their fitness levels yeah, exactly. are and keep them motivated um, and at the same time, keep them seeing results? Yeah. Right? Well, the motivation aspect of it is like all mental. Basically, it is. Right. So Absolutely. It is. That's cool. That's it's cool to hear your story, man. So um, mm-hmm. tell me about JS Fitness and how it all kind of came to be. Yeah. So I uh, after I kind of was uh, I got to a point where training hockey players was uh in my mind, more of a seasonal gig. Um, when you're playing from September all the way to March, April, May, June, um, I had to kind of think, if I'm going to make a career out of this, I have to start working with the average clientele. Um, you know, the busy husband and wives who have families that don't have time to work out, but yet want to, you know, get in the gym and do a workout. Um, so I opened up JS Fitness. We're going on about four and a half years now. Um, and every year has seemed to grown like we've grown we've successfully i've added a couple trainers um clientele base is is growing uh and again i'm truly passionate about working with so many different fitness levels um i think one of the most unique things too that i offer at this gym is is we only do 30 minute sessions so it really i mean everybody has 30 minutes to work out there's no doubt about it um you just have to kind of put in your mind and put it you know on paper like get yourself booked in so we let our clients do all their booking with us week to week so not every single day has to be the same and again we we structure i take a lot of what i learned from the athletic world chum it into a 30 minute session and try to move them functionally and mobilize them just get them feeling good yeah to kind of go back to what you were saying before like uh, the stuff can't be taught in a in a yeah. classroom it's very true yep and uh you, can, you know you could but you can be taught this stuff and you can go to yeah, absolutely. sessions and stuff but until My you God. see it and are able to do it then i feel like you actually understand yeah. and, and can put it into practice i think what makes um a good trainer um and also a good business owner is knowing people, right? I mean, awesome. knowing people and understanding exactly what each person is capable of doing, right? So I think for me, um, it, it was totally a matter of just doing what I love to do and getting the most out of our clients. I mean, out of my trainers, um, it, it, it's it's definitely a passionate and loving environment to be in when it's it's everybody's working hard and doing their job yeah that's the way it should be that's that's why i went to school to try and work in sport that's Mm -hmm. why i like to do this um so you know make your your passion your work make your love why wouldn't you want to right absolutely without detrimenting you know if it became too stressful for you yeah no you know what i think it's not going to i i think in any business it doesn't matter if you love it or not it's going to be stressful right it's always you're always going to be thinking about things that uh, you shouldn't be thinking about um 
but I think what keeps me going is 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 the love of what I do. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm here for so many of my clients, um, and I'm passionate, so passionate about having them see and feel the results that they need to feel. Um, and I'm just so fortunate that I can make a career out of it. Yeah, for sure. Are you like a, I never worked a day in my life kind of guy? Yeah, I am. It's yeah. funny. You can talk to any one of my clients, and I always tell them. Um, although I'm here from five fifteen in the morning till almost eight every day, it uh, it's not work. Yeah. It's 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 like my playground. That's I, a good example. I truly enjoy, um, you know, being here and doing what I love to do. That's awesome, man. So the next question to kind of wrap it up mm-hmm. was, what's a day to day like for you? Yeah, so. I, uh, I get up every morning at 4.20 in the morning. My alarm sets, I have my breakfast, um, I get myself ready. I open the gym every morning at 10 after 5. Um, I got my first group that comes in anywhere f- between 5.15 and 5.30. Um, and I am pretty much here all day. So yeah. we book, again, we try to keep ourselves widely open for our clientele, people with busy schedules. Um, it... Uh, it's a long day, but like I said, it's an easy day. Yeah. Right? When that's you love what you do, it's an easy day. If you can do that for oh my 14 God. hours or whatever and not yeah. eat, then obviously it's, that's it's a fantastic. passion. It's fantastic. It's, it's, it's absolutely a passion, for sure. That's awesome. And it's groups and individuals and yep, teams yep. or whatever. We do, we do a mixture of everything. I do semi-private training. I do, do small group training. We do bigger classes. We do one-on-one. So it keeps us interesting. And again, 30-minute sessions, I think it really allows us to... Uh, keep our mind clear and know that we have a different set of personalities coming in next. Yeah. And is there anywhere else that you're involved in or is everything that you do strictly here? Everything's strictly here for now. Um, hopefully as time goes, I'll venture out and start to do other things. Um, you know, a goal of mine is, is to teach at the university or at the college. Um, but I think that's going to be a lot later down the line. For sure. That's always an opportunity. And I mean, yeah. the more you build your experience yep. here, it's awesome. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, to wrap it up, that's, fantastic man it's uh, it's always good to see people living their passion and making some money off it too yeah so absolutely why not no doubt the merrier no doubt again thank you for taking the time yeah. to do this bro thanks man thanks for having me on anytime thank you very much My name is Drake Moore, and we're back here on the Wind City Sports Podcast. That was Jonathan Shaka, former Windsor Spitfire. Thank you for taking the time to do that, Jonathan. This, the podcast has been overwhelming for me lately, but only in a good way. I've finally kind of mastered the Wind City Sports Podcast, and I have a ton of interviews banked, and that one was done at least a month ago, maybe even more, and I'm happy that I was finally able to put it out. Uh, it was a great conversation with him. I was on a roll with doing all these hockey players, former ex-Spitfires, so you know, i got to split them up a little bit, uh, but some awesome stories from him you know like i said it's been a month so when i listen to it back forget about all the stuff that we talked about and uh there's some great stories in there and just a cool aspect from a kid from windsor gets to play for the spits again i know i've had countless windsor spitfires former spits in the past but uh only actually 29 were born in windsor ontario excluding windsor essex like obviously d pietro counts he's a windsor boy but born in Amherstburg, guys specifically born in Windsor, there's only 29 of them. Uh, Hockey DB lists 30, and as you'll learn in some interviews coming up, it's not true. One of them wasn't born in Windsor, actually born in Woodstock, and they may actually might be on next week. Uh, but anyway, again, thank you, Jonathan, for taking the time to do that interview. Uh, if you want to train with them, train with a former Windsor Spitfire, check out JS Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Just drop by and see him. I mean, he's always there, right? So why not? But right now, we're going to take the time to break down some local sports news before wrapping up the podcast. 
Playoff hopes for the Windsor Express took another hit on Sunday as the club fell 119-114 to in overtime to the Moncton Magic. Finally, a close matchup for them. It was their sixth straight loss for the Express, who are half a game back of the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans right now. They're down just one point in the, uh, in the standings. Uh, they're going for the NBL Canada's final playoff spot. Windsor has two games left, and the Titans have one. I believe this would be the first time in the club's history that they actually missed playoffs. Uh, their last home game of the season is tomorrow night at the WFCU Center versus the London Lightning. They wrap up the season in London, rematching the Lightning on Sunday the 31st. And as mentioned at the top of the show, although it's not a varsity sport, the Lancers baseball is back and actually has been for a little bit. I've kind of been sleeping on this one. Uh, they have a three-game uh, series coming up with Michigan University this weekend across the border. They picked up two wins over Cincinnati on the weekend, five to nothing in Game One, and Game Two went to extra innings with a final score of ten to eight. Jeremy Orton batted in two runs to win the game to win Game Two, and in Game One, past guest of the show Jack Zimmerman had eight strikeouts on the mound uh, in Game One to get the shutout. So congratulations to them. In case you missed it, Windsor's Random Marcos beat Angela Hill on the UFC's Fight Night undercard in Nashville on Saturday. Marcos picked up a first-round submission win with a beautiful armbar to get the tap. Uh, It was a critical matchup for her with her uh, future with the UFC uncertain pending the decision of this fight. Obviously, with the win, we could anticipate seeing her again in the UFC octagon. You could actually hear Ronda on the show, episode 131, not too long ago, of Wind City Sports. And the playoffs are pretty much going as expected for our Windsor Spitfires. Uh, didn't start out like that, though, actually. Game 1 in London was pretty close with a 4-3 to win for the Knights, a close one. But after that, uh, Game 1, the Spits came out looking to ride off the momentum, which didn't really go their way. Sunday's Game 2 final score was 5 nothing for London. And on Tuesday night, they dropped Game 3 to the Knights. 6-3 to was the final score at the WFCU Center. Tonight is Game 4, and potentially the last game of the season for the Spits. They drop the puck with London in Game 4 of the opening round of the playoffs at 7pm tonight. If they do win, they will bring it back to London for Game 5 tomorrow at 7.30. Again, the Spits will have to make a push to keep this thing going. If Game 6 does arise, it will be Sunday afternoon back here in Windsor at the WFCU Center. What else did we have? We had Impact Wrestling at uh, St. Clair College, both on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, I'm not going to spoil too much because they were actually taping, uh, God knows, probably a month's worth of television. So starting, I think, tomorrow, their show airs on actually on Twitch, the gaming streamer platform. And also in the States, I'm pretty sure, actually, no, it should be on Fight Network here in Canada. Then in the States, it's on uh, Pursuit TV. But they filmed probably at least four to five, maybe more weeks of television, including, so their flagship show is Impact Wrestling, and then they have another show called Explosion, which usually has one match, and um, again, I'm not going to spoil too much, but a lot lot went down over the weekend uh, for Impact Wrestling here in Windsor. We had Aiden Prince make his debut on television, and as well, I think he had an Explosion match, or maybe uh, two television matches, so we'll see him on TV uh, at least a few times, as well as El Reverso had a few matches. Uh, you went up in tag team matches against Josh Alexander 
and Ethan Page, Josh Alexander made his debut, and he and Reverso had a, a program going in Niagara Falls uh, just at the end of the year, so they have a lot of experience uh, working with each other. Um, Johnny Bravo, uh, Johnny Bravis, he was uh, he's a BCW guy. Uh, he was a referee on Impact, and he made his transition into the ring. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened. Again, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, we'll see it unfold on TV. So now basically he's the... He's the manager for Johnny Impact, the world champion. Uh, tons of matches went down. Even had um, ECW stars Tommy Dreamer. He's a regular on Impact. And Lance Storm even showed up. I know he was working backstage as a producer, but he got in the ring, and it looks like he's going to be a guest referee for an upcoming match. Aside from that, we also had the Montreal Canadiens alumni game at the Atlas Tube Center. I w- wasn't able to go to that one. I did post a picture from Snap, Snap Windsor on the Instagram, but... Um, Still, uh, shout out to my brothers and sisters, the IBW 636. They're out there striking right now. Uh, so obviously I couldn't go to the arena. Um, and I did want to go to the event, but obviously given the circumstances, I couldn't cover it. But, um, looked like a pretty good turnout. Looked like a cool event. Um, they had some, some OHL alumni representing on the Bell River team and Craig Mahone, former captain of the Windsor Spitfires and uh, there might have been more but it's like a lot of local guys signed up to play against the Montreal Canadiens alumni that included Matthew Dandenault and um, Marc-Andre Bergeron actually uh, Guy Lafleur was supposed to coach the team I'm sure like I don't think he pulled out but I didn't see any photos or anything of him but um, I'm sure that was a cool event for anyone that was out there I can give me a shout send me some pictures or something tell me how it was and our last piece of news is about Windsor's own and Lancer's freshman basketball player, Thomas Kennedy, who was selected by the Hamilton Honey Badgers during the Canada Elite Basketball League's first ever draft. Kennedy was an OUA all-rookie team member this season. Uh, only time will tell what kind of decision he might make, rather if he wants to join this new league or continue going to school and playing with the Lancers, or maybe playing in the league and still going to school, I'm not too sure. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of options for him. But another piece of news in regards to Lancers basketball is that longtime head coach Chris Oliver has stepped down from his role after 14 seasons. Uh, He said he was grateful for his time uh, and thanked athletic director Mark Harvey, sorry, Mike Harvey, (laughs) and uh, who also gave his thanks back to Oliver. It's, It's a pretty big shocker. You know, after many uh, years of success, the Lancers did not make the playoffs this year, and I think it was the first time under Oliver. Uh, He's been a big help to Win City Sports over the years. He's been featured on the show himself, uh, episode 64, I believe, and uh, he set up all the players that came on uh, on the show from his team. A lot of them were fantastic, too, like, um, um, what's his name? Marcus Jones, Marcus Jones was fantastic uh, talk with him and uh, Mike Roca, Roca, obviously has done so many great things in Windsor. Went back to Sarnia, is running his camp there, uh, so you can check those out. But um, that being said, I'm hoping the best for him and the team, and maybe he has a good opportunity lined up elsewhere. I don't know, but it was just kind of a shocker to uh, to a lot of people. But I ripped through all that news, and that's going to be it this week on Win City Sports. My name is Drake Demore. We have new podcasts every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to it right now on Spotify, iTunes, wherever podcasts are found. You can listen to Win City Sports Radio on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit every Thursday at 12:30 p.m. Live, brand new episodes and in the studio 
playing the interviews, playing some music, and talking some news. And you can hear the replays the following day, Friday, at 4.30 for your drive home. We have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube account, so just search us up. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever it may be. Please and thank you. Or just search up at WinCity underscore sports. Or just Google WinCity Sports. You'll find us for sure. We also have WinCitySports.com. We have the Border City network.com which i forgot to mention at the top of the show now that i'm thinking about it border city network is the brand new local podcast network jesus um featuring myself win city sports andy sullivan straight out of windsor and aj vanderberg the avb podcast so three local podcasts all on the same website we're looking to develop that more than just the website soon hopefully um so again yeah you can hear new episodes of win city sports every thursday we'll be back with a brand new episode next thursday so until then smell you later